Welcome everyone to the 77th episode of Politically Entertained with Evolving Randomness podcast, or Peer for sure, with your host, Illusion Empire. In this 4th of July edition of this episode, and it's episode 77, there's a kind of a numeration with a bunch of sevens. We have some interesting, interesting items for primary politics. What do we have here? We have about that mess that happened in New York City's uh, mayor race only on the Democrat side. The Republican side, I'm just going to reiterate, it was clean cut, cut and dry, very easy. So that's it. The Republican story ends for now until the general election. And then we have uh, a comment from the Utah's governor, Spencer Cox. Who is quite sad about polarization of American politics has become the religion of the country. I completely agree with this article. I want to get more into what he means by that. This is from Political. And this is the second item of primary politics. And then the third item. Um, this is more of a pledge from the U.S. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona says that Puerto Rico will receive nearly $4 billion of federal education and pandemic relief funds to help boost the U.S. territory's fight against the virus. Well, I say that's good, and this is why, in general, Puerto Ricans, they vote for Dems. Republicans have been pretty out of touch with this, to be honest. So that's all we got for um for primary politics. Now for mid game, I got a crazy article here which I which I have bumped into by accident. Uh, Minecraft has been rated R over or received mature rating in South Korea. I'm sure that kids and teens are very, very upset about this. How can a game like this be rated R? I mean, don't get me wrong. I got ugly creatures. It shows another round, which is hell, in other words. Is that the reason why? They don't have blood and guts. They don't talk, so they can't curse. Or use suggestive language. I mean, this is craziness, in my opinion. This is my opinion. But we can look into why the hell that happens. Now, following up with future uh, age, we finally got some important information on what I've been seeking for. Yay! Great, 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 great. And we got the price tag and all of that good stuff. So it's it's gonna be interesting. And we're gonna um we're gonna get into it, what's the little story behind it, and all that good stuff. And last but not least, PSP store. Closes next week, but Sony will still sell PSP games through PlayStation 3 and PS Vita. Wow, I'm surprised the thing was still open. No, 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 I'm lying to you. I think I've talked about this. Yeah, I've talked about this before at least once. You know, you'd be surprised how certain things could last so long. You know, they're closing down the PSP store itself, but they still will sell PSP games through the PlayStation 3 and the Vita. Interesting. There's some, fi- some fans, some fans, some fans have um, when, you know, they have protests against that. It looked like it's but they have achieved some success. That's all we have for mid-game. Now for weird topic finale, I have something very interesting. Uh, Puerto Rico has achieved something that so far the whole world hasn't. They have the oldest man living today. He 
He's still alive. They have the oldest man in the world. Nobody's beating this man in terms of longevity. His name is Emilio Flores Marquis. Okay. He's also known as Don Mijo. So, you know, and he is over 100 years old. We're going to get more into that. So, in. You know, he broke a Guinness World Record. You mean the oldest living man. Now, for woman, that's another story. And I'm going to touch very briefly on that. And then, last but not least, for weird topic finale, second item, we did get into the history of the 4th of July through none other than history.com. One of the few sources I still trust to this day. All right, so this is what we have here, and we're gonna jump right into it right after this sponsor. Anchor is a free podcasting app that is perfect for beginners. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast. Anchor will distribute your podcast so that it could be heard in other platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That is a-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. I'm going to repeat. It is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. What are you waiting for? I've been doing this for about a year now. And if you really have the passion to start a podcast, you should do it. It's fun and easy. All right, welcome to the first segment called Primary Politics. Here, I'm going to try to be short with this, very brief, but I cannot promise you because I want to make this as lighthearted as possible. And to be honest, I don't think I'm going to do that much of a great job. It's going to be mixed at best. So, you know, for a New York City mayor race, this is the first time... New York City's used this ranked choice voting. I'm happy that they settled with this decision. Despite the mess that we're going through, I'm still in support of ranked choice voting because ironically is more fiscally conservative than our traditional election processes. Okay, it eliminates the need of a runoff. It goes through multiple, multiple rounds, as much rounds as needed until they get the majority. Okay. Until they get the majority. The current, 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 current results as of now, Eric Adams barely has the majority. He has 51.1%. Catherine Garcia, not so far behind, with nearly 49%. Okay. Man, prior Maya Wiley was in second place. Not anymore. She's been eliminated. She's been eliminated. Okay. So, what do we have here? We have, you know, Eric Adams won every. Borrow except for man, you want all the other borrows. And I'm gonna repeat again the curse. what thing he won by a landslide. Um, so if Fernando Mateo, I'm gonna, but then I'm gonna talk about a little more about why, why I think Fernando Mateo lost. 
He lost because a lot of the attacks he threw against him made him more reliable and more likable to a good amount of New York Republicans. Being ever Trumper is a good thing for New York. Uh, being an animal lover is good for certain demographics. In some of his positions, he's not the most right-wing candidate out there for New York, which is, I would say is a good thing. Because there's a lot of Democrats. I mean, lots and lots of Democrats. And he's going to have to bring that appeal, that independence, even certain left-wing appeal to him that um, is going to help him get the majority. Okay? So... I mean, like, they got they got such a great breakdown here by the Washington Post. I got to say, I'm actually pretty impressed. Well, this is besides the point. And you can see about the borough races, about the. I'm sure they have about. Um, do they have anything about the borough president? No, they don't. Well, they do have the breakdown of all the districts that's up for re-election. And all I'm going to say is, what I'm going to say is that, um, you know, it's nice to see a breakdown. If you're interested in what's going on at your district, this applies to most districts. Because almost cause a lot of them is up for re-election. There's certain of them that are not. Okay. So that's all I'm going to talk about that. That's all I need to say. Uh, okay, so Utah's governor, uh, this is more of a commentary, but it's something I want to add on to it. And this is according to the Utah's governor, Spencer Cox, who's a Republican. It's a pretty, it's a strong Republican state. Strong red, Utah. Politics is becoming religion now country. And that is disturbing. He's deeply troubled by how partisanship has influence add to on all matters or subjects make it harder to build consensus and unity across the country. Oh, you right on. Right on, Mr. Cox. You are right on. There's a political sport and entertainment in our country. Everything's political. It's a huge, huge mistake. It causes us to make, make bad decisions during, during this government lockdown. I'm changing that word. And other phases of our lives as well as deeply troubling. I agree, and I was just quoting him. Not in verbatim, kind of changed some words. And then, well, according to Utah, they got sixty-four percent of its population vaccinated. And he's saying that he's kind of blaming the young people for not achieving the vaccination rate. He's concerned about that. You see, not all Republicans are anti-vax Democrats. So, so don't, so don't, don't throw that idiotic attack. Man, and there's some that are pro-vaccine. Well, you know, we made everything so politicized, so, so, so. It was just so stupid. It's just detrimental. Oh, I can't make a joke that's controversial. Oh, I'm going to be called misogynist, sexist, racist, xenophobic. You know, they throw all these names, these lovely woke people, all these names. They don't know who you are, but they just throw all these names. All these freaking names. Oh, you're a religious bigot, and you know, you know all these names. And people make it political too. Some of my jokes are political, true. I try making the ways fun, and sometimes there's controversial offense. People say, "Hey, I achieve, I achieve the, you know, I achieve getting the attention, the reaction that I sometimes want." You know, you can't have fun. America's sense of humor is dead, and our sense of unity is obliterating as we speak. Because we politicize everything. I mean, like this whole lockdown was overly politicized. There was something stupid. There was stupid. There were stores that could be open, for example. I'm going off the tangent a little bit here. 
And, you know, I believe people should get vaccinated if they want to. I'm laid back now. If they want to get vaccinated, great. If not, fine. Just be responsible. Just make the best decision you can. Okay, just make the best decision you can. It's only politicized. Like, for example, what kinds of places were, uh, were heavily restricted? Churches were heavily restricted. Oh, but not strip clubs. Not massage parlors. Where people get close. That was very political. Oh, yeah, that was very political. This was a science. Science would have been trying to do lockdowns of certain cities and places. And while most of society can still function, have the economy slightly damaged, but no, but it's it's damaged. It's real bad. And I'm pretty sure we cannot sustain another lockdown when it comes to that because of this um, Delta variant. And doesn't take a. I'm not a scientist, okay? But doesn't take a scientist to know that. Just take someone who's been paying attention, uses much logic and basic sense. I don't call it common sense because it's not very common. It's a misnomer at this point by calling it common sense. So that's my opinion. My opinion. My opinion on that. That's why I agree with this guy. He's a Republican. Oh, Republicans was all Republicans was evil. That's stupid. Not all Democrats are good either. That's dumb. You're a hack. You believe that. You're a political hack. You're the problem. Alright, alright. Enough of that. I'm about to I'm about to enjoy this 4th of July. And I'm about to throw my own fireworks if you know what I mean. Alright, anyways. Anyways, anyways. Third item. And the final item. Thank God. It's going to be a shorter political segment. Thank God. Because I want to make this barely political Puerto Rico is going to receive nearly 4 billion dollars in US aid during the government lockdown just be nicer about it they're calling kuf kuf I'm changing my tune I'm just going to do that okay the US um, education secretary of the Biden administration Miguel Cardona seems like has a positive energy by the way oh but I know Republicans get mad at me on that I don't care. You know, he made a three-day trip. Um, he's the first cabinet member to do so. Of course, all oh, Puerto Rico students. You talk about students? Oh, he is education secretary after all. That's his main priority. All of Puerto Rico has suffered. You should do something about gentrification. And if you Dems have come with that, I'm with you on that one. Stop the Puerto Rican gentrification. They suffered through that as well. Not just the, the lockdown, the hurricanes for for past couple of years. Um, they lifted the, the face requirement. You know, I'm trying to be in- inclusive with my report. I want to report as much of the world's pop as possible. So I talk about India and China a lot, this country, European Union. I'm going to include more Caribbean and more African countries. They need, they need more representation. If you don't like that, oh well. You know, I want to be as globally aware as possible. So, it's good that they're going to do that. I hope they do that. I mean, the other territories need help as well. The Navarro Nations, uh, Amer- American Samoa, you know, and sadly, a lot of students are failing. And this is just not Puerto Rico. This is yeah, across the country. All this lockdown, all of this headache, all this social strain on the families. Um, it's. It's it's crazy, and then Governor Pedro Pielusi, he's gonna meet with um, all the necessary people to make sure that Puerto Rico is getting supported. I'm very skeptical of that because Puerto Rican government has been known to how can I put it nicely misuse federal funds. Yeah, I'm skeptical of that. I gotta be honest, I am. 
Yeah. You know, and Trump was not necessarily that good with Puerto Rico. He wasn't. I mean, that was one of the few times I went nuclear. I shout at the TV screen and I almost stole the remote breaking the TV screen. Yeah. And then sadly, that item, that virus claimed over 2,000 lives. And the vaccine rate is not that great either. It's over 40%. So... And you know that this is uh, this is not a <laughs> yeah. Borgo's been through a lot way before this government lockdown happened. I keep people keep saying it's because of the virus. No, virus don't do anything. It's a government lockdown. Let's just be clear about that. Okay. So. What do we have here? And my style of summary, I always add a little something that I don't mention last time. You calling me out on it and go ahead. It's not going to affect me one bit. I do that on purpose just to make sure you're listening to the whole thing. Yes, it is intentional if you're wondering about that. So New York City mayor race. You know that the top three Democrats are suing the New York Board of Elections, and rightfully so, because they screwed up big. They still include all the test ballots when it was pilot testing this thing. And that messed up the whole thing. Eric Adams, Kathy Garcia, and Maya Wiley are suing them. And yeah, those are the three most sensible, sensible people to sue because they could get impact for them is win or lose. Andrew Yang and everybody else is lose lose. So it doesn't matter if they sue. But these three. It could make a world of difference, especially, you know. So that was very, very sloppy, very responsible. And we, and we continue to waste our tax dollars on this. This needs a man. The New York Board of Elections. They need a massive overhaul. You can't keep operating this way. This is unacceptable. Especially with a new system, you're giving the conservatives leeway of of criticizing. Oh, you see, ranked choice voting doesn't work. You see, all this cookies are scoring on. Yeah, it's not working. It's not working. No, I want ranked choice voting to work. Ironically, this is more fiscally conservative in the long run. Because they go through multiple rounds instead of having these expensive runoffs where people's going to have to vote again? No. No. It's complicated in the beginning, in the middle, but the end result's going to be better. I'm still pro-ranked choice voter. I I'm still support that. And at first, it was breaking to me snippets. It, it sounds stupid, but by the time I start reading this more in debt, it makes a whole lot of sense. Okay, all right. That's my end of summarization about that. So, Kathy Garcia is in second. Eric Adams is in first. That's all you need to know. Utah's governor, he's saying politics is the religion of countries. It, I'll go even uh, a step further. It's the way of life. It shouldn't be. Because it's hard to get consensus because everybody is so politically ingrained Degree. Oh, I'm Democrat all the way. Or I'm Republican all the way. No, means why I'm independent. It depends on the issues. It depends on the issues for me. If it, if it comes to religious liberty, I'm right wing. When it comes to identifying terrorists, I'm left wing. Yeah, that was an issue at one point. Left wing because people could become terrorists. As long as you're a human being, you could get radicalized. So it makes more sense to me. School choice, generally lean right. Immigration, I'm center left. So it depends on the issue. It depends on the issue. Raising wages to certain workers, I lean left. 
<laughs> I'm a mixed bag. I'm a mixed bag. So, other than marijuana, I lean left. Yeah. Gun ownership, I lean right. I'm a mixed bag. That's why I don't believe in being either party, and that's why I'm a proud registered independent. And ironically, I cannot join the primaries because New York law is too stupid to unmanage that. It's just based on some 100-year-old antiquated crap, but I don't want to get into that. Okay, so... Yep, it's hard to get along because people are just so politicized. They make everything a political issue. Everything. Even things that don't need to be. Cartoon shows. They could be if you want to throw an effect message but everything's politicized it's hard to get along and it's even harder to solve this lockdown because of the politicization both of them were dead wrong I mean Spencer Cox I think he's speaking correct in my opinion I agree with this man he's a Republican by the way he's governor in Utah I agree with him it's saddening it is sad and this is something you shouldn't cheer for if you love this you're sick you're part of the problem. And then Puerto Rico, they're receiving, they're going to receive some money. And Miguel Cardona, um, the U.S. Education Secretary, is going to help. And even going to get $4 billion of federal funds for education, particularly. Says the students are suffer enough. Me, all of Puerto Rico suffer enough, Miguel. Not just the students. All of Puerto Rico. They've been suffering for years. Okay, if you can write this wrong, I'll give Biden points over Trump. Oh yeah, there's certain things that Biden could do better than Trump. Oh yeah, not. Not everything Biden does is worse than Trump. That's stupid. That's retarded. Oh, I use such an offensive word. It's a dumb statement. Okay, and I don't know. Trusting Puerto Rican government to use these funds. Oh, they go through a lot of corruption. I'm just very, very skeptical about that, like I said. You see, even, even according to Independence, it is an immediately know how the Pierluisi administration, Pierluisi's administration, plans to spend the newest federal funds. Comes three months after has made immediate, you know, came three months after Cardona announced that Puerto Rico had immediate access to $912 million in federal education money. Okay. Now, easy on the Biden, I'll say that's a good thing in general. Republicans consider um, Puerto Rico burden. Dems, they consider it an extra voting block. Will Puerto Rico become a state? Hell no. Democrats barely control everything except for the Supreme Court. Hell no. Not going to happen. Not not in this um, current Congress. Nope. I think D.C. has a slightly better shot. Not Puerto Rico. Alrighty then, so this was it for your primary politics. And I try to keep it short, but I went over 20 minutes as usual. I'm not surprised. That's why I did not take this promise very seriously. Alrighty then, um, we are going to transition to the second segment really, really soon. Thank you. Yeah, reach the second segment of the Peer Podcast. We have three items here, and we're going to get the craziest one out of the way. This seem crazy to you. And there's this cultural difference. But in South Korea, Minecraft has been rated R or mature. 
you know, I don't get right, I don't get why, you know, it's pseudo for ages seven and up. Some schools even incorporate them to a uh, program to teach kids about teamwork, problem solving skills, and even basic programming. You know, you're getting, it's very interactive, but South Korea. Um, this, this game um, is considered mature and only people 19 and older could play. A lot of kids play this, so that's not a good. And I'm sure there's people younger than that that are upset. But, but why did this restriction happen? You know, and the reason why they um, did this law is because they're they are concerned of children under six years be playing too much video games, especially between the times of midnight and six eight, and protective side effects of playing games late at night and losing sleep. So in fact, so the so-called Cinderella law this is, this is in effect since 2011. And I'm quoting from the Korea Herald: "It's the root cause of being denied the access to play Minecraft." And they signed a petition, filed right to the president's office of Chang Wei Day. So yeah, so to be for for Minecraft to be considered an adult game, that's a made that's a very very huge stretch. It's been gaining support to get rid of this. Yeah. And you know, they're trying to protect the children, that's why this restriction is happening, especially playing games late at night. Now, America would not care to do that unless it get a ton of money, let's just be real. So and Korean users is gonna have to act to certify through Xbox Live that they're 19 and older to play the games because since it's global, you know, they got they gotta they gotta fulfill every law across the country and that is complex unto itself. Trying to fulfill laws one country is hard enough. Okay. Um, so the problems arose in December. And what else do we have here that's interesting? You have to be 19 and older to play. I could say they feel by the time you're 19, you should be developing tour enough, you know, not to play so much games at night. Um, I mean, this is weird. I mean, you, I would never, never even imagine this. But there's people, there's people fighting against it. They are, um, they want to remove it. There's various representatives of the ruling Democratic Party. That proposed a revision this so-called shutdown law. Um, so, hopefully they repeal this. And who's the president again? Moon or oh, Moon Jae-in? And his wife and first lady Kim Jong-suk. Celebrate Children's Day of May 5th last year by filming the video of Minecraft. Okay. Yeah, but I think it'd be good for you to uh, remove it. I mean, a lot of countries consider this as strict as seven years. So the child should be at least seven years old to play this game. I mean, it's no blood. If there's violence, of course there is. A lot of games got violence. You create bowl, you shoot the spider, or even the pig for, you know, for food and materials. I mean, come on. Not games against violence. There's no blood, no gore. There's definitely no cursing. They speak, you know, when they speak sign this, you know, they moan and groan. That's it. That's what they sound like. The villagers. You know, it's a creative game. You don't even need to be violent. You can just build. 
places, you know? You don't even have to be violent. If you want to be, you know, it's up to you. But you don't have to be. So that's a weird, it's weird. I see what they're trying to do, but I think that's a bit excessive. Alright, so let's get to the news that I personally couldn't wait. That the Mr. X Nightmare DLC will launch July 15th. Freaking finally! And the DLC is going to be priced at $8. I'll say that's pretty reasonable. And it's got more characters. The virtual survival mode is created by the Future Rage. Three-star Dr. Zan. We're going to take on tons of enemies from the past and present with various conditions. That's what they say. I'm calling from the Destructoid.com. And it's going to be some new music tracks composed by the legendary The Great T-Lopes. Well, T-Lopez, if I want to make it sound Hispanic. Um, they have more moves, and they're gonna add a free DLC, um, which includes extra hard difficulty, alternative color officer protagonist, and a training mode. Okay, they're gonna add a training mode, which gives play, you know, the opportunity to experiment with each each race four characters. All right. Yeah, article say even though we're still missing room. Well, let me tell you something. Okay, I don't think rules gonna be missed by most people. I just don't think so. And who else has been left out? Who was that uh character, Mister um, Ash? It was very controversial, Future Age 3. He's just reference. At least Rue gets a respectable appearance. Being a kangaroo locked up in the bar on stage 5. Alright. So that's it for that one. Game Informer. According to Game Informer, so it's confirmed as closing its few older processes, down including the PSP store. There's no specifics. But it looks like they keep PSP specific titles and PlayStation 3 and the Vita. Um, and they and then it has a record of being closed down because it's been closed down in 2016, technically. But player can still search to make in game purchases when it's needed. So, our next week, that accessibility is going to be removed, which means the contest will be lost forever. Yeah. So anyone new who wants to try these games and go on some nostalgia trip or just want to get something that you missed out in the past, well, your time is very, very limited. That's all I'm going to say. But, however, they're going to revisit the PSP content store through PlayStation 3 and PS Vita stores. Okay. Um, um, and there's been debate about keeping things physical and while just going, we're going digital, you know, digital versus physical, you know, some great things about digital, but the problem is once they could just take it out, they take it out, it's gone, you don't technically own it. A physical, once you own it, you own it. You got it. So, you know, they could just would take out history when it's all digital. All right. Well, it looks like PlayStation has heard the feedback and they're not going um, all out on removing the content entirely. So, and I had a picture of the of the PSP with what's that singer? It was 
who was known for I'm gonna um, never gonna give you up, Rick Astley. 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 Let me make sure I pronounce it correctly. Alright, so that's all we got. So you heard the feedback, then I can entirely remove it. That's good news. So let's wrap it up here. Let's wrap it up here. So South Korea has censored the game because they want to make sure that no underage children will play games that have the side effects playing too much games in late night. You know, they you're gonna lose um you know you lose sleep. And then when you lose sleep, you lose alertness, cognitive functions, you name it, even physical energy. A lot of things happen. So I understand it. I still disagree with it. A bit excessive. But this is, you know, an opinion of an American, so I'm not sure my opinion is going to matter that much to them. And we both are two different countries, so I recognize that, it, you know. But there are many people that are going against the signing petitions to remove the Cinderella and the shutdown laws. So to make it restrictive only for 19 older, uh, to me, that just sounds a bit, a bit crazy. Just a bit crazy for me. And then Street to Rage 4 DLC, the Mr. X Nightmare. Great news is that we finally get a release date. A price, a price for it. It's gonna release July fifteenth. It be cost at seven ninety nine, seven dollars ninety nine cents, about eight dollars. Doesn't include tax. Okay, and that varies in different countries and states. So that's what we have with that. And then, uh, then there's some free DLC with that as well. Extra difficulty. Power swap for the main characters. I think that's good, especially since we have four players. And sometimes um, maybe two people want to be the same character. And you just got to pick a different color palette. Um, so that's good. That's really, 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 really good. In my opinion, I can't wait. Next, the PSP is not going to be entirely shut down. They're going to keep it a PS Vita store and a PlayStation 3 store. That's good. Not gonna entirely knock down the whole thing, just wipe it out for history. Um, I think that's good overall. I am for preserving history. I am I am against removing history. Maybe controversial stuff. Just put them in the museum and give uh give the most factual context as you can, the proper context for these things. That's what I'm for. So that's good. They listen to feedback. That's what I'm gonna say about that. I suppose the original plan was to just remove the whole damn thing altogether. All right, good. This is say fans. Good, good, good on Sony on that one. All righty, then. This is the end of the second segment. And we'll reach the third and final segment really, really soon. Welcome to the third and final segment to this podcast. Weird Topic Finale, or WTF for short. Thank you for listening this far. So we only have two items here. One is uh, Puerto Rican related. So Puerto Rico. P.R. Oof, I heard hear that noise. Puerto Rico has the oldest living man in the world today. His name is Emilio Flores Marquez. Okay. So this is known as Don Mijo. Okay. He grew up in the sugarcane farm. I'm quoting here. We he helped water the plants and load into wagons. He farmed into adults to support his family. So, and what does he say? He says, his father raised him with love, loving everyone. 
Tell me to do good, share to others, and besides, Christ lives in me. Amen. He acknowledges the Lord. He's married to Andrea Perez for 75 years and had four children. But the wife died 11 years ago. Today he lives at Rio Pedras, Puerto Rico, where his two surviving children. Tisa and Melito. He has five grandchildren and five great grandchildren. And this is what he told the Guinness record. He said, an abundance of love and to live life without anger. To live happily. Okay. So Puerto Rico has the oldest living man in the world right now. He's a hundred and 12 years old. Yes, 112 years old. And he's not looking that bad either. So, that's great. For the woman's side, she's... For the woman's side, however, that record's going to be harder to beat. Because the oldest woman right now is 118 years old and she's in Fukawa Japan so Puerto Rico they got the you know the man who lived the longest so far not gonna be proven and he became the Guinness World Records title holder now in Japan they have a woman who lived the longest so good 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 for Puerto Rico and good for Japan you have the you have two people who have a lot of vitality in their respective um, biological sex all right so that's all I got for that one very brief now the second item is not gonna be as brief this is going to be a little bit of history of the 4th of July, Independence Day. You know, it's funny. Um, the very first Independence Day was actually um, in July 2nd, not the 4th. So how did it get there? Yeah, they voted. Oh, and then the delegates started to cause adopted independence. So, it really began in a second, but the delegates from Third Cousin really adopted two days later. Well, you know, there wasn't any internet at that time, you know, so I don't say they're slow. It's moving as fast as they can, all right? So, the document was drafted for the third president of this country, Thomas Jefferson. Okay, and in the suburb with family gathering, fireworks, gathering barbecues, you know, that's what we name it. But this didn't become a federal holiday till 1941. But traditions go way back because, you know, we this country freed itself from the British um, control. All right. So, and there are revolutionary sentiments, um, especially um, this could be proven by Thomas Paine, who wrote Common Sense. Okay. So, this got to a lot of debate, okay, among um, delegates, politicians from states, and this, we only had 13 colonies, they weren't in states yet. Okay. Actual independence took place starting in the second, but was celebrated to the fourth because it was officially adopted to all the colonies. Alright. How was it celebrated back then? How was it celebrated? Oh, they did mock funerals of King George III. You know, he hated the, the tyrannical monarchy of the of the English king. The festival includes um, concerts, bonfires, parades, firing the cannons, muskets, first readings of the Declaration of Independence. So that's what happens. And this happened while the war was going on. 
and George Washington, who was first president under the second articles of oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm forgetting this word. The second articles, like it's not Confederation. Second articles of Congress. The first article was a mess. It was a president every year. That was too. That was that was a bit. People weren't paying taxes. I mean, it was a crappy system. Now at that time, there was two parties that rise. It was a Federalist Party and a Democrat Republican Party. Yeah, back then, Democrat Republican was considered one party. Yeah, up to commemorated by the last decade of the 18th century. Yep, right. When this country is forming, two political parties rise. George Washington was not in favor of political parties. Not me either. Look what's going on. It inhibits growth of the nation. Like the Democrats want to do things their way. The Republicans want to do things their way. Okay, and we're not exactly progressive. We're just politically altering ourselves, which is stupid. Now, we got a little bit of history of the fireworks. It said first fireworks was used as early as 200 BC. Wow. Especially by, um, I think the Chinese invented fireworks with gunpowder. Yeah, gunpowder came way before gun. You could think the Asians especially did that to get rid of um, spirits. So, and and we celebrate with lots of fireworks. That's why we shoot a lot of fireworks at this day. That's how we know. And there was something about, and then there, now I want to get to how the hell it became a federal holiday. It didn't become a federal holiday until 1941. Okay. And then the Patriot celebration was celebrated in a grander scale in the war 1812 we faced against Britain again. Um, in 1870, U.S. Congress made it a federal holiday, but it wasn't a paid federal holiday until 1941. So that's the context. All right. Of course, the we just celebrate as freedom, and we just we and some people they just use this as extra days of barbecue, hang out, get drunk, and have some fun or start problems. You know, depending who you're hanging out with. You know, everyone has the best of intentions. So, hey, you know about the Star Spangled Banner, which has been canceled by woke people. I can't stand woke people. I'm anti them. That part, I'm I'm adamantly against them. They are ruining this country. And uh, we should act more like Emmanuel Macron and act aggressive against wokeism. I mean, it's spreading. It's spreading faster than the virus. And this thing is deadlier than the virus, in my opinion. This whole wokeism. You gotta speak a certain way, and if you speak up, you're considered a racist, misogynist, xenophobic, whatever. I'm not gonna repeat that again, but I talked about this a little bit in my first segment when I was going off the rails. Let's just celebrate this day, have some fun. Times is tough, we're enduring inflation. We're still very politically divided. Let's unite as a country, because if not, there's a country that's already a superpower and they have the capabilities to take over. And they have achieved some success of that. So stop getting out of stop, stop getting out of your oh my goodness. Stop. And I do mean stop. Stop being your little bubble. Get out of it. And see the reality for what it is. Okay? And if you want to look at the picture fine files, I'll put the link right there. So, that's what you have here. So, that's the summary. Alright, so for the Puerto Rico case, very easy. Mr. Emilio Flores Marquez is 112 years old. The oldest living man today lives lives in Puerto Rico. Okay. He outlived his wife. For the woman's side, 
for the women's side, it is Kane Tanaka. Who is a Falcao Japan. And she is currently 118 years old. So the women outlive men. Yes. Yes, they do. Obviously. There shouldn't be a debate there. Uh, so there you have it. For the men division, 112 years old, Puerto, R- Puerto Rican, Emilio Flores, my guess. See, so Hispanics could live very long if they live right. Give Christ his credit. That's what he did right there. And so I have to say, good. Puerto Rico is very good at something. I'm happy that could be documented. Instead of being looked at as a burden, just like um, a good amount of Republicans, I accuse them of, of doing that. I accuse them of doing that because. They have seen us as a basket case of dysfunction and we are a financial burden. That's why, and that's a good reason why, that's a good, you know, a good um, indicate why they don't want Puerto Rico to come to state. Reliability. Yeah. I mean, I do have some Republican positions, certain things, but not in this one. I mean, I don't want it to become a state. It's for a different reason. Like, I just think Puerto Rico preserves its culture, even though it's getting altered in many fronts. There's the uh, there's the American and there's the Dominican fronts, but that's for another time. That's if I even that's if I'm even interested. I'm not going to promise you I'm going to do that. But Puerto Rico identity is changing for better or worse. So now let's. Do the summary of 4th of July. 4th of July to become a paid federal holiday to 1941. It was, it became a federal holiday in 1870. Okay. And a real independence really celebrated on July 2nd, 1776. Not July 4th, 1776, like many believed. Okay. And then, but the 4th of July is going to be observed tomorrow for those who work in non for profits, governments, and churches. And etc. For profits are going to open up. They need to make the money. Okay. You know, at first people was you know America was uniting that issue, but they eventually did because they got tired of the British. Eventually, they have enough people to push back against that. Um, we got a new unanimous vote from all the the the. Colonies, they're not states yet. You know, they mock, they did mock fears for King George III. I laughed at some of them. It's kind of what we do when we don't like the person. It's like Donald Trump with the baby balloon. Pretty hilarious. Immature, though, but hilarious. Entertaining. Um, yeah, festivities with concerts. Well, we don't have that much concerts. Bonfires. Parades, less of that. There's definitely no firing in cans and muskets. Come on, that is so yeah, so 18th and 19th century right there. Okay. So let's just be clear about that. Still celebrated, but you know, it's just another we celebrate another day. Say, oh yeah, America's free, and just another you know, it could be another excuse just to see fireworks, grill, get drunk, have fun. Start trouble. It's not a day off the way many people see it. You know, it's family and, and some friends gather, but it's mostly family gathering. And then Star Spangled Banner, I'm not sure if that's um, still allowed because I'm sure certain woke people want it obliterated or altered completely. So that's what we have here. A lot of these got to come to our vote. Let's go through Congress in general, so we don't have to figure that out. Remember, there were two political parties at that time: the Federalists and the Democrat-Republican Party. So that's what we have. So this is the end of this entire podcast. And I hope you enjoy your Fourth of July. 
says this is mostly in America. Have a blessed and safe Independence Day.